Excuse me, as Aretha said to Gloria, Celine, Shania, and Mariah during Divas Live, are you tripping? No one interrupts the Queen of Soul, bitch. Okay. Well, I believe she also said, hey, Cuba, Canada, cowgirl crazy. Get out of my lights and away from my snacks, bitch. Welcome, Welcome to Realm, a podcast for Zennials. Hi. Uh, should we talk about that facial hair? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> you look like an 80s dad. I don't think I'm cool enough for this mustache. <laughs> um, but I was, I was shaving my beard the other day because I'm getting my skin ready to do some drag makeup next week. And sometimes the beard irritates the skin, so I want it to heal. Blah, sure. blah, 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 blah. And, like, I was trimming the beard hair off, and, like, this sort of started to form, and I was like, I mean, we'll rock it a couple days. What I didn't realize was that when I go outside, no one's going to actually realize I have a mustache because I have a mask covering my face. Oh, well, that's true. (laughs) So only people I'm Zooming with know. Well, it is. I mean, it is a it is a whole it is a whole scenario, isn't it? But look what I'm wearing for you. Ah, it's Kelly Kapowski. It is. I can tell you exactly what episode that picture is from. Oh, really? A ride, sure can. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. I my my STBT love was real, man. You you even go by um, an acronym? Wow. Um, I did watch the trailer because I included it in, in last week's notes. Yeah. And it, it has good, potential. Right? It yeah. has potential. Um, so I honestly kept waiting to see Mr. Belding. Oh, well, you know, he's but, busy singing karaoke somewhere in LA, right? Right. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if, 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 you know, the world returns to some kind of sanity at some point, you ever come to visit me again, um, we should go. That's something yeah. I've never done. Oh, I mean, I mean I've done karaoke. Honest to God, like, that's what they should have Mr. Belden. That's what they should do on the show. That's what they should that have would Mr. be really cute and meta, right? Because, like, yeah. everyone, like, everyone who loves that show knows Mr. Belding is always seen at this karaoke bar, or at least yeah. for a while. Yeah. <sighs> Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm You know, it's been another weird week. And I feel like I should stop saying it because there's nothing but weirdness right now. Yeah, and like You'd think after however many months we've been dealing with this, I can't count from March to now, but... Six, I think. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, next month, I guess, would be six. Uh, yeah. Um, you'd think I'd feel a little bit more... I don't know. What's the word I want to use? Prepared, relaxed into being ready for anything and everything to happen. I mean, like, yesterday was a roller coaster of emotions and even into today of uh, feeling like I'm getting things done, but then feel like having a perceived failure about not being able to get a job during COVID and then the mirror at my physical therapist's office is all shitty and makes me look real fat and like, you know, how much longer am I going to do physical therapy before I can, like, walk up a flight of stairs normally? But then I, like, hung out with my neighbor in the pool, and that was lovely. And all the things. It's... Is that not what your normal life is like? <laughs> um... Uh... I mean, isn't that isn't that just like what normal life is like? Is like some stuff. Sometimes good stuff happens, and sometimes bad stuff happens, and sometimes those things happen in the same day. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I, 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 I don't know. I wish there was a little bit more. 
a scotch more routine to my life to feel like I feel I feel like stressors in my in in life before you could you could brace for impact a little better. I think you are misremembering. Maybe because my drag think, name is mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I think you are in fact mistaken. Um, I think no, I think it's a. I, I think it's the thing that we we have a tendency to do, right? Where like you, it things seem easier, and like you don't remember, right? Because you already did it. And so, no, like things were just as fucking hard as they were before, like because you had a job you didn't like, and that made you unhappy, and you had to deal with nonsense from that job. Like, yeah. no, I mean, when things like thing tough things are just tough things. Like being prepared for them doesn't really do any good. I don't think. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I mean, like when, are, when, like, when, when do we get better at life? I feel, you know, like, I feel like, I mean, I'm sorry. Speak for yourself. I think I'm doing great. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> I think, Which I feel I was think... the only answer in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> my point is is that everybody it's imposter syndrome yeah. everybody feels this way like nobody feels like they're a real grown-up nobody feels like they've got it all together people who seem like they have it all together are lying or ma making it look that way for social media like that's not really true nobody has it all together Maybe I'm just looking for something dramatic to happen. Maybe. I, I, I think that because I had a knee-jerk reaction yesterday of, well, maybe this is all ridiculous and I should just move home to my father's basement. And then the logical, more grounded part of me, who's more recently I should pat myself on the back, back for, has had a louder voice than the crazy part. Um, or at least equal volumes now, <laughs> um, said, hold on, wait a minute, shift it back, and you're being dramatic, and you're looking for something to feel dramatic, so you feel some kind of movement and change. Right. I, and maybe it's just corona fatigue. Yeah, like you're just looking for something to be different. And so then you latch on to feelings to make them feel more dramatic or whatever, but it's not really that big. Of, I mean, this, you know, stuff isn't really that big of a deal. Like, cause nothing's really happening. Right. I almost yelled at a woman yesterday for not wearing a mask. Oh, really? I, I mean, I did actually like muffle, muffle. Is that a, can you muffle? Is it? <laughs> you think maybe you were looking for mumble? Yes. Yeah. Well, I... But I mean, it is sort of muffled when you're in your mask, so I get it. There you go. Yeah. Um, I called her a selfish asshole, but did she did not do? hear me. Well, I was wearing a mask. She had headphones in. And, you know, this is a woman, this was the second time I had cr crossed paths with her during my morning walks. I walk between a mile and four miles every morning. And, or I have been. It's been a nice routine to make sure I get outside. Yeah, um, it's important right now. And, uh, you know, the I was annoyed the first time I saw her without a mask. But, like, hey, you know, shit happens. Maybe it dropped. Maybe she forgot it. But the second time, and I think she knew I was getting, like, she must have seen it in my eyes. Because, like, she started to pretend to run. Like, <laughs> she was being more active. <laughs> And like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, oh, I hate people. So I, I'm, I'm curious to ask this. People in LA are wearing masks when they're like going for a walk outside? They had been. Because <laughs> um, like people here are not doing that. So it's a mixed bag. And I think that there are people who are very fit people Let's just say, there are people wearing masks and doing things that make people not wearing the masks and doing things look stupid. 
because I cross paths with joggers, runners, very athletic people, I, I, doing their exercises and wearing masks. I cross people talking on their phones, wearing masks, doing all the things, right? Yeah. Which makes the people when I when like, oh, well, I need to sip the, the drink that I just bought, look stupid. Like, okay, you took your sip, now put your fucking mask back on. Right. Um, I would say, though, that the mask wearing ebbs and flows here because yesterday when I was driving to and from therapy and saw people out and about, no one was wearing a mask. Like, we, we were better a couple weeks ago, like, where almost everyone I was cross passing on the street was wearing one. Or if they weren't, it was around their neck, then they pulled it up when we passed each other. Um, right. Yesterday, I no one was wearing a mask. They weren't even holding masks. Like, and I... It's feeling very stressful for you. I just... I, this is not a new feeling, but what the fuck? Like, I feel like I people not wearing a mask and not following the rules, I get punished for that. Yeah, I mean, we all do. Right? Like, yeah. I, and, it, and it's just like, I really hope I'm never friends with those people because they're selfish assholes who care more about instant gratification than long-term, like, betterment. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a result of social media. I don't know, but I, I, and and a, and a result of you know our government and leaders not having good messaging around all of this, and yeah. people not caring because wearing a mask. Like if this was about protecting themselves, everybody would be wearing a mask. Yeah. And that's yeah. really Well, sad. and I think it's I think it's hard too because, you know, it it goes on for a while and then you feel like nothing's happened and you get complacent and right and then everything spikes back up and it gets worse. Uh, you know, and 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 if we're comparing this to 9/11 in the sense of like things that we started to have to do after the event right. of 9/11 like and, and this probably affected people who, who travel on airplanes the most. But, like, you had to take off your shoes when you flew. Yeah. And, like, be ready to, like, open your bag. And certain things were no longer allowed for carry-ons. And it seemed like people gave it trouble and tried to buck the guidelines or rules there. But it was, it felt a little bit more widely accepted that like, yeah, it's annoying, but we kind of have to do this now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm misremembering. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I think that's true. Like, I think, I think people were annoyed to start with, but I feel like people got over it pretty quickly. I, I, I think my other frustration right now is like, th this is as good as it's going to get for a while because we don't have a national strategy and succinct and like one voice messaging. Yeah. That is reliant on science. I don't, I don't think people understand that like the guidelines actually help bring back some normal things that we could do if we followed them. So I had somebody say, uh, somebody say to me, recently this person lives in Oregon uh -huh. and the person said they were visiting this region and they were saying oh it's so nice to be in this region because we can go to the grocery store the kids can go play on the playground it's so nice I just don't understand our cases are so low in Oregon and we haven't opened back up at, at all it's so <laughs> annoying I just don't understand why we haven't opened back up our cases are so low and I was like <laughs> No, 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 that's not, that's not, wait, no, that's not, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. 
Yes, that's <laughs> right. That is how it works. Like, yeah, when mm -hmm. and like um, schools are starting to open up here, so that like there's a school that's been open for a week and a half, and on the news this morning, guess what happened? They, they closed down. Cases. Yeah, and I understand. I know people are upset. I know people are stressed out about trying to do jobs and be at home and handle their kids. And I, I know I have really dear friends who are like having to figure out what to do with their children on a daily basis when school is not open. But I, people are going to die. Like children are going to die. If we just yeah. open the schools back up, like I don't think the ones that have opened here are going to be able to stay open. I think they're going to end up having to close. Well, and, and to your point, like LA County where I live has had around a running average of 2,000 or more cases a day wow. for like the last couple months. And yesterday was the first time I saw the amount of new cases hover around 1,000. And I feel like because there are reports saying that the, you know, it's getting better than it was a month ago, that is, to your point, that is reason for people to all of a sudden not wear masks anymore. No, right. people no, absolutely actually, still need to do that. It's the opposite of that, guys. Like, it's what we're doing is working. Keep doing it. Yeah, it's really frustrating. <sighs> that felt good. <laughs> Listen, I just, you know, you don't ever, you don't ever hang out with anybody now that you can't talk about COVID first, right? Like, right? it's I just mean, everything right now. Yeah, of course. I, I know we haven't, we only talked about it a little bit on the show before, but man, like sometimes you just got to vent about it to not go yell at that woman walking by on the street. Right. It's, it's probably better to talk about it on the podcast than it is to yell at strangers. Right. But like, it's going to happen. I, 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 I hand to God who I don't believe in. <laughs> um, uh, you know. You're going to end up yelling at a stranger before it's all over? It might happen. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it is either. But mm. It's, it, it's gone. It has progressed from a thought in my head to a, a mumble under mask. Right. I mean, I understand. I would never. Uh, I don't think I'm capable of that. This is why you're a better person. <laughs> I mean. So, nicer person? Maybe. I don't know. Just maybe just more defensive southern. Or, or something. Yeah, Southern. Like... <laughs> I don't know. My mom's Southern and I, it seems like she might yell at a stranger. So. Oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> That's not really true. She, maybe she would have like 20 years ago, but she's, she's grown and evolved and now she's very chill. So. Mm, growth. Right. <laughs> We're all little magical flowers. See, that's what I mean. Like, my mom is, you know, like a mom age and like, she's still growing and changing and learning stuff. Like, um, I I was um, listening to a Brene Brown podcast today, earlier Always today. Always a good start. And uh, I, it sort of crossed over between two podcasts, actually. One talking about, like, who people are under anxiety, whether they're, like, overachievers or underachievers under anxiety. Like, how, like, that's sort of a coping mechanism for them. And, mm -hmm. and like, also started into a conversation she was having with Alicia Keys and this is going to feel random, but in a way I was thinking about like, can you remember who you were before the world started like being, making you feel like you had to change? And that like, I feel like we're all now struggling in a way to get back to, but like, I don't remember who that person is. I, one of the most profound things anybody ever said to me, uh, Jenny, my friend Jenny, mm -hmm. who I grew up with, um, and I don't remember when this was, it's been years and years and years. She said, I think the most, like, you, the most you you can ever be is who you were when you were five years old. Yeah. 
because that's it, right? Like that's about the age before, before the culture gets its hooks in you Mm -hmm. and you start trying to people please, or you start trying to make yourself smaller, or you start trying to fit into whatever box it is that you're supposed to fit into. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's who you are. And so I, yes, there, I have glimpses of that sometimes. And, and I, you know, therapy has helped me to uncover more of it, but yeah, that like, that's, that's who you're looking for is who you were when you were that like five. I don't remember that. I don't remember myself that young. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, I, it may be different for you too, right? Because you had a different childhood experience than I did. Sure. So that may not be accurate for you. Um, but maybe, but maybe there, maybe there is a piece. I don't know. I think, I think for me personally, the time I look to, and I have to like sort of do it with a little bit of a skeptical eye. Cause I think I've romanticized it at this point. But when we lived in London, um, I, mm-hmm. I remember just feeling more, and this is again, possibly revisionist history, but I remember feeling more myself because I feel like it was like, you know, four to six months of vacation mode in a way where it's like, I'm living in this place and I may never see these people ever again. So it doesn't matter in a way of trying to please them or impress them. Yeah. But shouldn't that be how it is all the time? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but similar, similar to what they were talking about on Brene Brown, like they were talking about the good girl syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I related to that, I mean, in sort of in the good boy syndrome, but like, well, if I'm good, people will like, like if I'm a good boy, I'll be liked. Yeah. Yeah, I think that messaging is super powerful. And then you start to interpret what it is that you think it means to be, how is it that you're supposed to act, right? And how mm-hmm. is it you're supposed to look? And how is it that you're supposed to, right? And those messages are different for men and women, I think, um, boys and girls, because you get some gender stereotyping in there. And they're, you know, but there's, but there's still a lot of, a lot of it is the same, right? Yeah. Like, and and we we stress about what what success looks like and what like there's always a bar, but then there's always a bar move, or a pub. They just they just move the bar. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I accomplished this, and then oh no, I have to go do something else, right? Like, I remember a therapist asking me years ago what I felt like my accomplishments had been in life. And I just stared at her blankly. I was like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. And she was like, do you have like lifelong friendships? And I was like, yeah, so what? She's like, you don't consider that an accomplishment? And I was like, oh, but my society doesn't value that. So, and so you have to change, you have to change the narrative of what it means to be successful or what it means to be, what, what, what it means to you to accomplish things, what it means to you to be good. Right. And, and not, think, and it's not other people's. And this is really, this is really cute how this sort of loops back around to what we were first talking about. I think that this is something I'm struggling with like right now. And that like, I'm, I'm trying to work on is managing my expectations Right. So that I don't feel like I need these dramatic moments to feel like movement or of movement or change. Um, uh, You know, us being friends for 20 years, it's 20 years. Like that's an achievement. We, we've, we've had to put in work Mm -hmm. though. I probably make it not easy. So you've done more work. (laughs) Um, Um, but you know, and then I, I think I think also like it, it's so it's just so hard for me to identify the small little things as achievements. Like yeah. I, I I've applied to two to three jobs almost every day for the last month. That's an achievement. 
It is. But because like I may have only gotten one response or I've gotten a bunch of responses saying thank you for your application, but right. it but, doesn't feel like I've done anything. Well, and that, yeah. yeah. Or that like when I'm doing uh, fun, fun projects, personal projects, projects for me, however you want to describe them, that's achievements, but it doesn't feel like it because like, I'm not, and this, and this is the rub, right? I'm not looking for outside validation on them. Right. They're just for you. So they can't possibly count. Right. Yeah. And, and isn't that crap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that just bullshit? Right. Yes, it totally is. It's bullshit. <laughs> and that's, this, you know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the capitalist society that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. That it teaches you that you can't, that, that, that rest, it makes you, be, is bad, right? That you can't slow down, you can't stop, that you can't do anything for personal reasons, you can't do anything that doesn't have any, like, monetary gain to it, or that doesn't have any, like, clout to it or achievement in a traditional sense right that that all those other things that you would want to do because it makes you feel good or because it makes you happy or because it helps you express yourself that those things aren't valued and that is bullshit mm -hmm. and was, we all um, have to just fight that right we just yeah. have to fight it i was really proud of myself this happened twice now since our last episode um, where, you know, I was feeling kind of shitty and instead of wallowing, sitting in my apartment, berating myself for what I'm not doing, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out and sit in the pool in my building. Yeah. And that's an achievement. Yeah. Like that I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. God, self-care is so hard. So hard. It's so hard. Like when... What, has it always, I mean, like, is this been a thing since, like, forever that, like, self-care, like, in society that self-care is regulated to, like, on the priority list of, like, way down there? Um, yeah, so I think there's a couple of things. The first of which is, is that, you know, self-care is a term that we only came up with, like, a year or two ago, right? Sure, like, it's that's a buzzword. A new, so it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's a new way of talking about it. So that we understand what we're saying, right? And so that I think people have started paying attention to capitalist messaging and how bad it is for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And we have people like Brene Brown and other, you know, Glennon Doyle. And, I mean, there's lots of people who are talking about it, right? But they, they're speaking out about it and about the fact that, like, people are consistently making themselves crazy, like we we are debilitated as people because we are working so hard and because there is no way that you can you're allowed to slow down for any reason because if and you so, do that means you can't have quote everything right yeah you can't have everything if you you can't have you got to have it all right you got to yeah. you got to be able to have it all you got to have yeah like you have to oh god the list is just exhausting right it's endless of you have to be, you have to have a successful career and a great relationship and a happy family and a beautiful home and smart kids and a, you know, paleo, organic, floofy diet, whatever, you know, you got to do like, you have to, you have to manage to do all of that. Like you live your life on Pinterest. Yeah. Do you, do you think, and this is sort of a West Wing reference. Do you think that that's sort of an inherent problem with the American dream? That like we're made to think we can have it all. Yes, and we're made to think that we're supposed to. That first of all, that the American dream is that everybody wants the same thing. Yeah. Right, and so that's a problem to start with because that's bullshit. Yeah. Everybody doesn't want the same fucking thing, and people should be allowed to want whatever it is that they want. Their life should be theirs to look at. How, like they they should be able to create that to look like whatever they want to create it to look like. And the second problem is, is that we have this, I mean, putting aside the myth that the American dream is possible for anybody, which we know is, is a problematic because of the mm -hmm. racist and 
misogynistic culture that we live in. That dream is not possible for everybody. But even the idea that the American dream is, po is possible for everybody, it's only possible if you like are devoid of, of personhood, right? That like if you are just working all the time, which is what the capitalist society wants you to do. They want you to get a little, they want you to be in a little cog yeah. in a wheel and like just march to the beat of the drum at the factory, you know, and like punch out everything and like make money for other people. And so people starting to rebel against that and say like, no, I'm not doing that shit. I'm going to rest. I'm, it's not a badge of honor that I've only slept four hours a night for the last three years. That's insane. And probably like, really detrimental to that person. Yes, health. it's very bad for you as a person. I, I'm not going to discount like things things that make me a happy person like hobbies and family and i'm gonna make choices i can be successful in a career that doesn't have to look like the way you you think it should look but yeah that like figuring out who you are and all of that and 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 trying to figure out how not to listen to that messaging we all got yeah and I think that's one of the ways in which, you know, the internet is good stuff, right? Like you can find, yes, all of that Pinterest shit exists too, but you also can find people who have podcasts to help you fight against it. And, you know, Instagram accounts that are about being your real self and not making everything look perfect. <laughs> you know what's funny about, I, I, I think about this sometimes, there's, there's some Instagram accounts that fall in sort of the self-help self-helpy world or positive energy world or whatever um that i follow that sometimes are, are talk about getting rid of the negative people around you and you know that that can be a good and and healthy thing to do um so i'm not except i think it's sort of like they're talking about the first part of the the, the thing without talking about what comes next. Like, so in my experience, like I've gotten rid of some negative people in my life, but like, I haven't filled the void of needing some people back in my life. Do you have to replace those with some other people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's actually an A and B thing that they never talk about the B part. Right. You guys missed step two. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even like when they talk about gratitude, like they, they like, they don't like the practicing of gratitude is like this weird esoteric kind of thing that like, so everyone's talking about how grateful they are on like the, the social medias, but like, are you like, are you like actually practicing gratitude? Like you have all these social media accounts saying like practice gratitude, but like, how do you do it? <laughs> right. How do you actually, yeah, because because practicing genuine gratitude is different than, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think for me, there's a big difference between the sort of self-helpy stuff. So like there's one, there's one like group of the self-helpy stuff that feels very Pinteresty to me. Mm -hmm. It's like something else that you're supposed to put on your to-do list. Right. Let me just, let me end my perfect day by writing for 20 minutes in my gratitude journal. Um, <sighs> you know, while my children are peacefully asleep and their, you know, like bento boxes are already packed for their private school the next day. And uh, <laughs> like, I've already had my meeting with China, you know, over Zoom. And <laughs> yeah. I managed to work out for three hours and make love to my husband. And now I'm going to write in my gratitude journal. Like, <laughs> no, fuck you. Like, everybody ate macaroni and cheese. The kids are in their underwear screaming in the backyard. Like, I'm desperately just trying to watch like one episode of television. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yes. I'm grateful that I haven't murdered anybody today. How's that for gratitude? <laughs> I really want that craft. feels really different to me right. than like the Brene Brown stuff, which is about authenticity. Right. Yeah. And, and 
Jamila Jamil, who is one of the people that I'm going to bring up later when Ooh. we start on our list. Okay. Um, who was Tahani on The Good Place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, she started um, a group called I Way. And it's about, like, so she's a person who suffered with eating disorders her whole life. Mm-hmm. And she is part of the body, body positive movement. And so she has created this group. And it's for people, you know, like, the premise of it is, like, that what you weigh as a person is not about what your body weighs, that it's about yeah. like what, who you are really. Um, and that that stuff is much more valuable, that it weighs more than it matters what your body weighs. Um, and so, you know, her stuff is about like, she, I mean, just today she posted a picture of herself with like armpit folds. And she was like, apparently people are having plastic surgery done on their armpits. What? People are getting their armpits lifted so that there are no wrinkles in their armpits. Like, that sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit. That's ridiculous. But it's real because we Photoshop everybody half to death. And so, like, that kind of authenticity, I think, is a different... That stuff is available on social media, too. And if you seek it out, if it's people who are like, I'm having, like, a lot of the Bopo people I follow are like, I'm having a shitty day today. I would certainly appreciate any, like, cat memes you want to send me or funny (laughs) stories. Like, my depression's really kicking my ass today, guys. Like, you know, here here is a beautiful picture of me. And if you swipe to the left, you'll see a really shitty picture that I absolutely (laughs) hate. Right? But they posted it because it's reality. Yeah. And so I think I think it's important to cultivate what you're what you're list what you're taking in. There's uh, speaking of weird uh, plastic surgery trends that I don't get. Um, there's this trend in in the gay man community, and th- this is you can see this in, and I think it's inspired by women and drag queens who've had too many injections, mm. and like these young gay boys are getting these lip injections. Like, they're not because they're older and the lips are getting thinner because the fat is, is coming out of their face as part of the aging process. These are guys who are getting these, like, huge lip injections and cheek injections. And, like, they... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't, just, I'm going to tell you, I have never seen anybody with a lip injection that didn't look like they had a lip injection. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, it, it, it's sort of like with, with some of the drag queens that we know or that like are on TV, like some of their injections, I, I get, like it's part of their job in a way, but like... Ooh, I don't, I don't get this trend of injections that, that modify your face when they're so young. I mean, part of me wants to say, like, look, hey, if it makes you feel better about yourself and you feel pretty, then, you know, maybe it was well spent. But then it also makes me question, like, why, what, what, what's going on? Yes, but why do you think that? And yeah. what, like, what are you listening to? What is the culture telling you that you're not good enough? that you're searching this out. Yeah, listen, we, we all struggle with it every day, right? Like, I, I, I struggle with it every day, like everybody does, right? Like, oh no, my, my face looks too round. Like, let me make sure that my computer is up mm-hmm. enough when I'm having a Zoom call so that nobody sees my second chin. Or, oh God, my hair's getting so gray, right? Like, everybody, and then I think to myself, okay, who profits from me feeling like shit about myself? corporations yeah somebody is profiting from me feeling bad about how i look yeah and that is also bullshit are we just going to call this the the bullshit yeah the bullshit episode (laughs) i think that's what we're going to call it (laughs) (sighs) i think we feel better for getting all of that off our chest i think we do Mm, ha, ma, ma, ma. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think it's time for well, so I we we decided to make our list for this week sort of part like kind of the main topic, though it might be bullshit now. <laughs> um but uh cue list music. 
Um, and that was our new list music. If you have any recommendations for improving our list music, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> now we return you to our regularly scheduled whelmed programming. Uh, Megan, what is our list this week? So we wanted to talk this week about people in a variety of different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Med- mediums, I guess. Genres, categories. Sure, exactly. Um, pe- people who are in the public eye, um, who we believe will be the greats, considered the greats of this era. Um, And so we wanted to, in making this list, I want to clarify a little bit, because in making this list, we did not want to talk about the people that we feel like are already, like everybody already knows are on this list, right? Like Mm -hmm. everybody already knows that Beyonce is on this list. Meryl Streep is on this list. Like we don't need to talk about those people. Everybody already knows about them. And so we're kind of looking for people you may not have thought about or people who may be a little under the radar or, um, yeah, who, who we really think are going to be g- considered great um, creators of things. Um, and so we with, wanted with, to do with, that with, in a couple of different categories. Yeah, and with the caveat that, like, you know, at least on my list, you'll, you may know who a lot of these people are, but, like, depending on what they do next, they'll either fade from public knowledge or they will be heightened in their in their chosen well right and that's that's always the case right like i mean we're not we don't we can't actually predict the future but we have we have confidence in these in these creators and we think they're going to do some interesting stuff so and 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 our categories um we will we're going to jump into each one um we've both come up with one person for each category i think uh but the categories are politician content creator, actor or actress, musician, and then a miscellaneous category. Yeah. Should we start with politician? Yeah, let's go for it. Do you want me to go first? I do. Okay. Um, I don't always agree with this person politically, um, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is my choice. The yeah, politician. Of course, of course she is because right? she's a fucking phenom. Um, yeah. uh, but but I I, I just want to highlight what has impressed me so much about her in her first term is her sort of her journey, like mm-hmm. watching her journey and evolve in her like watch like yeah and and like. I, I think, and I think we may have talked about this on another episode, but, you know, I think as a lot of young 20-somethings, I mean, she's 29, right, um, do is they think they, I'll, well, I'll speak for myself, but I, we think we have the answers and that everyone else is wrong and we need to come in and shake everything up. And I think that's what she did. And she did some interesting shaking, but I think she's also learned that sometimes you need that, but that there are also other avenues. And I actually secretly think that there's some um, backroom mentoring going on with Nancy Pelosi and her, because I, I, I feel like there was some meeting that we weren't supposed to know about that got out a little bit uh, that like she and her had. And ever since then, I've just seen this growth from her of like knowing when to shake the tree and knowing when to maybe pull down a branch instead. Right. Um, and that's been really impressive. Uh, I'll also add though, I, I saw her last night as sort of a, at uh, 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 the Democratic National Convention. And, and, I, think, uh, and I think she was great. Uh, I think they could have better utilized her. Well, I mean, I think I, t- for my view, I think sh- I think she was using an important way to yeah. try to get the people who last time around sat out because yep. they were upset Fair. about Bernie. And listen, I love Bernie. I understand, but you can't sit out this time. I was sit- actually very impressed by Bernie on night one, and yeah. and and he, me personally, I get turned off by him very often. And I was very impressed with his message of unity and like, you know, 
after the election, I'm, I'm back to like, you know, I'm back to fighting for what I think is right. But what I think is right right now is yeah. getting Joe Biden. Well, and I think, I think for me, what, you know, her speech was really important because it was a reminder that like the progressives are here and yep. we may not have won right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, this is an important movement that's happening and the younger voters in particular are behind it. And like, this is where the future of the Democratic Party has to be mm -hmm. in order for the Democratic Party to remain viable. And that's why I think she's so important, right? Because she's also real grounded and is a great communicator mm -hmm. and feels authentic when she talks as opposed to, I think these older politicians, because that's the way it was when they were coming up, were, feel very scripted and she feels more natural. Yeah. They like she's she's actually saying some stuff as opposed to like the platitudes, yeah. which is really refreshing after so many years of platitudes. Um, did you pick her as well? I did pick her as well. <laughs> Although I will say, I would like to. I I may have a couple of honorable mentions because oh. I had a really hard time making choices. So oh. I would like to offer an honorable mention uh -huh. to Michelle Obama. Um, who I realize is not technically a politician, but mm -hmm. she fucking should be. See, that's that's the thing about her, though, right? Because, like, I think we like her better because she's actually not. But, yes, you're right. She should be. Yeah. Um, we all wish she would be. We all wish she was, yeah. The, like the, the epic shade. The epic shade. <laughs> And let me, like, not only was it epic, it was elegant shade. That shade wore, like, a Christian Siriano dress on a red carpet. Like, <laughs> that she threw as the keynote speaker on the first night of the DNC. That was, it was just, like, I've had to rewatch that speech a couple of times. And, like, if you're not, like, she is breaking down exactly, like, not just like giving an aspirational speech. She broke it down about how she thinks the rest of this election needs to go. Yeah. I mean, I would tell you, it felt like a, it felt like a Sorkin speech to me. Like, right? I, yeah, I, I, I read it and I just, I like teared up. Like I was like, Oh my God. Like, yes, this is, this is inspirational, which is really nice. Like it's nice to have some inspiration and to feel like it's possible that we can change things and that the world isn't going to continue to burn down around our fucking ears. <laughs> so God, everybody go be... vote. Everybody go vote. I wish she was president forever, which I guess is against <laughs> our constitution, but I'm also okay. in a, I guess right my, 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 pro, my most progressive value right now is that we need to redo our constitution. So, well, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a discussion for another podcast. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, what is your choice for content creator? Um, I'm going to go with Michael Schur. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. Michael Schur is... Sure, sure. Sure, 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 sure. He is... Uh, <laughs> Most notably the creator of, he worked with Greg Daniels on, on The Office, um, mm -hmm. and he was the co-creator with Greg Daniels of Parks and Rec. Uh, he did The Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, all of which are my very favorite comedies of the last decade. I mean, I really think he's going to be like the Norman Lear of our generation. Mm -hmm. um, he's had he's had a couple of misses, but I honestly don't think that they were misses. I think that they were shows that had potential that got screwed by the network. Um, yeah, which, yeah. You know, a problem that you run into when you're dealing with networks. Um, he had a show with Cal Penn that got like six episodes, which is just bananas. Like, I don't know if it was expensive because they had oh. Cal Penn or whatever, but like they cut it after six episodes. They didn't even give it a chance. I'm like, sorry, who's Cal Penn? Um, he's an actor that you oh. <laughs> I shall look him up. <laughs> okay, you'll you'll totally know who he is. I of course cannot come up with a single thing that he's been in, right? <laughs> uh, uh, well, well the 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 sheer the sheer show, the sure show. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, I mean he's been in like movies and stuff. Like you'll totally know who he is. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm um yes, but again, 
I also have an honorable mention for this category. <laughs> I didn't cheat on all. I, I just cheated a little bit. Uh, my honorable mention is Mindy Kaling. Oh, cute. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like I that. loved the Mindy show, but her mm. Netflix show was great. Which one? The Never Have horror- I Ever. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. The, oh, the horror was, one? No, it was not a horror movie. Oh. It was not a horror show. No, it was about uh, a young Indian girl. Oh, okay. And it, the, the girl is like a total like star. Like she's just, she's so watchable mm-hmm. and it's funny, but it's really real. And it, I mean, it's like, it's just teenage angst and anger and I, it's really, really brilliantly done. Um, and I think, I think she's a really, I think she's going to continue to be an important voice. Um, I chose Phoebe Waller-Bridge. From Fleabag? Uh, uh, yes, and also Killing Eve. Which, oh, I did not know that. Yes, co-creators and lead writers on. Oh. Uh, and she is actually the head writer of an upcoming Star Wars project. Really? Yes. Um, I I think that what what excites me about her is that she's willing to break the rules and make up new ones. Mm. Um, uh, Fleabag was not your typical comedy. Um, You know, you don't break the fourth wall, but she did. But she Um, did. And it worked. Um, You know, Killing Eve is not your traditional psychological thriller show. It's actually more of a dark comedy in a way. Um, So I'm really excited about what's next for her uh, and Breaking Rules. I did have a little bit of an honorable mention here. It was between that and Dan Levy of of Six Week. Um, So, you know, for your first big show, that's that's a pretty good one. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty great. I I did not pick him just because I need to see, I need to see what's next. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for actor, this I had a really hard time with. I had a really hard time with. A lot of these young actors annoy me, or the young actors that I do know of are already kind of, like, Tom Holland is already, like, he's fine. (laughs) He's doing okay as (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah, but, like, just because he's playing Spider-Man doesn't mean that you think he's going to be, like, a great actor. Like, he's going to be revered as a great actor, though. Like, yeah, that's um, kind of different. I mean, yeah. I love me some Chris Evans, but I did not say him. Um, Although I do think he's a much better actor than people give him credit for. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually have an opinion on that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I was having such a hard time that I started looking up lists of uh, like 2020 up and comer lists. Oh. And. Uh, you know what I thought was so funny was Margot Robbie showed up on like all of these lists and I'm like, she's not an up and comer anymore. Like, <laughs> no. like she's been nominated for two Oscars now, I think. And like, she's, 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 she's doing okay. Um, so, I mean, look, I actually originally put Dan Levy. So the, I guess I'm saying my honorable mentions first. I initially put Dan Levy and then I was like, you know what? He sort of he's gonna pigeonhole himself into sort of that one character in a way, and I think that's gonna be yeah. it for him. And he's gonna do it well. Um, my I mean, other, he's brilliant. Yeah, um, but it would be good to see if he could do something else. I didn't write her name down. You're gonna know her name. I always call her by her character on Schitt's Creek. My second runner-up was Alexis. Her name's Annie Murphy. Thank you. You've told me this like five times now. Um, <laughs> but like. I still felt indifferent to this. I ended up going with Zendaya. Um, Zendaya, I'm sorry if I'm saying her name wrong. Um, Cause I feel like she has that buzz around her. Um, she's sort of, yeah. like, sort of like the AOC of actresses right now. Yeah, she has a lot of it factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she's incredibly talented. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good, it's a good guess. And she's been more than just a sidekick cute girlfriend not in Spider-Man. So like that's oh, yeah, in her favor too. Um, so I went with Saoirse Ronan. 
Oh, okay. Um, I, so, I mean, she has been nominated for an Oscar, but also like she's very young and she's mm-hmm. very, so, um, but everything that I have, I mean, I've seen most of the stuff that she's done at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. she's only made like six or seven movies. Like she's fairly, I mean, she's young, um, but what they are all right. Um, but they're all, she's phenomenal in all of them. Like she's really, really good. How was Little Women? I, I heard a lot of mixed things about that. I thought Little Women was very good. Yeah. I mean, and listen, I've seen all of the Little Women's. Like, I've seen every <laughs> movie. I've, I've seen all of them. So um, I thought they did a very good job with it. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's still Little Women. Um, mm. I thought people were curiously excited about Florence Pugh. I don't really get the whole thing about Florence Pugh. Um, she, she played the youngest, um, and I know nothing about this. Yeah. Anyways, I, you know, and also (laughs) I, I, I feel, I feel like an old lady watching Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) You know what? I, I loved him because of call me by your name, you know, so it was immediately like, Ooh, you you played a gay character real well. Now I just want to throw sharp objects at his face. I just feel really, I just feel so old because I'm like, I don't understand. Everyone is in love with him and he is a tiny child. He is a tiny, tiny child. I don't get his it factor. He has an it factor right now that I just don't get. I, I think people think he's cute. Okay. It's the hair, I think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you're talking to the person who's 15 year old crush was like a 35 year old man, right? Like I I have never been into like the young pretty boy thing. Like yeah. I didn't really care that much about like, I don't know, Jude Law was like, I never thought Brad Pitt was hot when he was young. Like I think he's hot now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's like that young pretty boy thing. I don't think he's pretty. I think he's, I don't think he's pretty. He's well, dainty. People do. He's dainty. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Like I said, it makes me I feel like dainty is in for men right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not on board with that. No, me neither. No. Uh what about music? So this is a bit of this was like my sort of my biggest left field choice. Um he's he's this person's had some luck as a producer. Um he's falls a little bit in like the electronic world too. He's a, he's a singer songwriter producer named Lauv. Um, and you might not have know his name, but you probably heard his, his most famous song is I like me better when I'm with you. Oh yeah. I know that song. Um, and he had a new album come out this past March that, um, I got introduced to through a podcast I listened to. Um, and I, I personally like the way he's delivering his messages and it's sort of fun, upbeat, kind of poppy, um, hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's talking about some real stuff and I, I appreciate that he's really self-aware. I mean, he's younger than us, but he's real self-aware about his generation and talks about in his music about how lonely social media is making everyone and, the irony that everyone's talking about how lonely they are and we're, and everyone's talking about it while look, staring at a phone on social mm-hmm. media. Like, yeah. and he talks about like those experiences and um, he has some fun really, uh, his lyrics are, are interestingly playful. Like um, he has a song called Fuck I'm Lonely. And, um, and, and, like, he has this line, like, it's something, 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 me, myself, and why did you leave me? Aw. Yeah. That's a good line. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, I just think that, you know, I've always liked artists that can deliver good messages that can be really serious in a more upbeat way because I think I personally digest it better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a real skill, and I think everyone else can digest it better. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I'll have to check him out some more. Um, so I'm going to go with Sturgill Simpson. Um, and this is not completely in deference to my husband, 
although it certainly is a little bit because that's his favorite. But um, he started out. So, you know, country music now is all like boy band, right? <laughs> like it is like poppy, like boy I don't band know, but you are now telling nonsense. Me. I mean, it's like it's gotten to the point. It's so bad. Like I can't even I can't even really listen to it very much. Oh, like, 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 like dance numbers and everything. No, not really, but they are wearing very tight jeans and oh. like, yeah, like it's. Please it's tell me there's like the, the ballad with like the rain and they're all wet. And Yes, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it all sounds exactly the same and it's mm. pretty. There are some girls, there are some women who are doing some interesting stuff, um, but but for the most part, uh, not really from from the men. So Sturgill came in as kind of, you know, sort of like outlaw country, right? Like he was he he was doing like old school stuff and it had much more of an edge and he was, you know, singing about har- harder life kind of, you know, more traditional um and and he made a big splash doing that. Um and he's kind of a badass like he so he he won he won a grammy he won for like best country album of the year for his first album and then did not get nominated for a single cma award Uh, and so he went and played his guitar outside of the arena where the cmas were happening like with his guitar case on the ground for tips with his fucking grammy sitting in the guitar case wow yeah Why uh, do, do you think like the CMA is a more reactive body? Like we're, we're, the we're, CMA, yeah, the CMA is more like chart based. Like you're going to win right, if you're, okay. if you had the number one song of the year, Got like it. that's, you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the MTV movie. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they act like it's real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, you think I mean? that the country music went more poppy because of like people like Carrie Underwood and Taylor Swift who, who like, have either had crossover albums or massive pop appeal to them. Yeah, I mean it's it's a direction that country's been headed honestly since Garth Brooks, who was uh-huh, the first uh-huh. like crossover yeah. person, right? And then yeah. like Faith Hill right. and Tim McGraw in the nineties, Shania Twain, and, like Jody Messina and Shania Twain, right? Exactly, like it was headed that direction, and then the guys figured out that they could get in on the act and took over like the boy band slot, which was kind right. of missing at the time. Right. Still is. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's not, although I don't know the the Koreans are stepping up. Right. Oh, but okay? if that, yeah. I don't know anything about that. I'm too old for that shit, but I see it on Buzzfeed. <laughs> words of Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. So anyways, but, um, you know, he started out as a very traditional country guy and his, in his, his most recent album is, is a little bit of a departure from that, but he's, he's musically very beautiful and his mm. lyrics are really intelligent and interesting. And so I just, I think he's going to continue to be a big deal. Nice. Miscellaneous. Who'd you pick? Well, interestingly, cause you just mentioned him. I picked Christian Siriano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That I just that little bundle of joy. I think he's fucking magical. Yeah, I think is. his clothes are magical, and I think his his like openness and intentionality about people of different sizes and people of different colors being part of his lines and genders and genders like make a huge huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his stuff is just effortlessly glamorous and beautiful and amazing. I think of him sort of like the Kelly Clarkson of the design world in a way. Um, Cause like Kelly Clarkson, like she was living in LA, like pounding the pavement for years, trying to get her break. And then like she moved back to Texas and then the American Idol people were like, can you like come audition for us? Um, and, and like, so I wonder if Christian's backstory was similar, like because of his success on on that design competition. I'm blanking on the name of it. Project, Project Runway. Runway. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's someone who clearly has talent. Like, I mean, I will say though that, like, I because I watched Project Runway for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked I liked that show, and that nobody else who was on that show was anywhere near the caliber of designer that he was. Yeah and came close to his success even after they won 
Um, I mean, Kelly Clarkson, there, there's a couple others who have had success, but like. Oh, I'm sorry. I just meant specifically yeah. Project Runway. And oh, sure. Fashion. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I like that choice. Um, my miscellaneous choice, um, this is probably my weirdest one. Um, I didn't choose a person. I chose a um, job role. <laughs> okay. Um, I, uh, um, they're called UI and UX designers, user interface and user experience designers. And I think that they're going to be the amazing people that end up changing the world. These are the people who design all the apps we use every day. Oh. And so the user, um, the user, um, interface is sort of like they make the apps look pretty and the user experience is they come up with these like how it works and how these improve our lives um wow. so that was sort of a weird but i think i think like as a whole like they're going to figure out ways that technology can help better our lives yeah and that is our list <laughs> Music. Chad, what's making you whelmed this week? I am underwhelmed by the selfishness of people, period, end of story. <laughs> Get it together, people. Right? Ugh. Yeah. Megan, what are you whelmed about? I am whelmed about an Amazon show called Hannah. Oh. Um, and so this is particularly interesting because I am trying to embrace it as um potentially a new way i can get involved with shows which is i did not watch the first season of this show i watched the first episode or two i did not care for it i thought it was kind of dull um uh -huh. and steve watched it um and then he liked it okay second season came out he was trying the first episode and i got sucked into the first episode and watched it Mm -hmm. um he he having seen both seasons he says that the second season is much better which mm -hmm. i think as we've talked about like happens a lot on shows right mm -hmm. and so maybe i'm considering the idea that i don't have to watch all of the seasons of a show Ooh. that maybe i can just jump in on something when it gets good and see if yeah. it's interesting and I like it then because most of the time you can figure out what happened before. And if you're confused about something, you can look it up on the internet. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to see how that goes. We'll see if it's potential. I mean, you know, I'm also watching alias and West wing. So <laughs> <laughs> I may not, I may just keep watching the same old shit I've been watching for 20 years and that'll be fine too. Um, well, you might not be uh, watching, but if you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it, please like, share, do all the things. Like, share, subscribe, write a comment, leave your questions and what you're whelmed about in the spaces below. Um, and Megan, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Whelmed Podcast. Um, and and you our might... podcast is available on any of the platforms you listen to. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and um, happy birthday, Megan. <gasps> Thanks. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, I guess that's our show for today. Yay. I love you, honey. Oh, what would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Aw, boo. Bye. Bye. Bye.